Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. as Celtic dominated the Rangers to go 13 points clear. It's all his fault. Scott Brown causes chaos as he's single-handedly to blame for several Rangers players getting red cards. All this and more on the latest episode of 20 Minute Tims. Episode 174 of 20 Minute Tims, the Champions podcast, the podcast of the champions, and I am joined this week by Stephen. Hello there. And Melly. As Stevie G says, let's go. And I am Jamie, your your host through this podcast, your guide. Um, Melly, did you enjoy the game yesterday? I enjoyed the result, James. <laughs> we <laughs> had a wee celebration. What game's that? <laughs> so, the Glasgow Derby, Steve. Right, okay. Did okay. you enjoy it? Uh, I, well, parts of it. 
Yeah. I, I enjoyed it because I wasn't sitting in my usual seat. Um, my mall was. <laughs> really? My, my dad took my mum to her first it, ever Celtic It was game. Mother's Day. Uh, it was Mother's Day. Uh, she was... Uh, she went on the proviso that Celtic would win. She says, I'm only going to go if Celtic win. Well, yeah, it's a good deal if you can, be, if you can get it, yeah. <laughs> so she went and I was in a, I was in another part of the stadium. I'm not too familiar with where exactly it was, but I'll tell you, it was right beside the, right beside the Huns. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I'm familiar with it. I would pay extra to sit there <laughs> for every single Glasgow derby because it was brilliant. Be just, nice and warm off the hot, hot Huns. Just basking in the abuse. I was like, oh, <laughs> give me it. And then when Bright we, red Huns. Uh, and then the wee guy I was with, um, my pal Ryan, after the game, he, he was so hyped up. He was, threw his scarf right at them and they all went taunt I'm like this this is the VIP experience I don't want to be in beside Rod Stewart I want to be here I want to be in a glass dome right in the middle ah, it's, of them it's like, the, it's like Titanic you know, your usual seat is up with it, all the posh people are and all that but then you could, you get down among the, among the Irish people below the deck and we're all Irish all, dancing and they're, they're all having a, a great time <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely sensational the game that was it was okay the football mm. Yeah. Ent- entertaining for the neutral, I believe, is the is the usual term of these things. The well, stand- Tony Gale, we met Tony Gale, and he said the standard was fairly poor. Name dropping already. Ah, yes. how, many, how many minutes are we in there? Right? <laughs> <Number> five. <laughs> Keep calling him Marcus Gale on it. That's the wrong one. Um, Mi- Michelle Gale. Do you Michelle remember Michelle Gale? Gale? Yeah. Um, do you want to do one, Melly? <laughs> um, no, the stand the standard of the game. I thought the standard of the football was poor. I thought we were good in the first half. But yeah. The second half it drifted off. Um, but first things first. I suppose we better address the lineup. The lineup got leaked as it tends to. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the surprise inclusion on that lineup, Jonathan Hayes. Jonathan Hayes. Well, I. Yeah. The, it's a common thing these days with the lineup leaking at least twenty four hours before the game. But some of them have been wrong recently. We've yeah. we've been given ones that are one or two out, and I thought, well, there's no way that that's definitely wrong. But sure enough, Johnny Hayes was in there. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Even after the game, I don't I don't really understand what the thinking was behind it. We did have a podcast out yesterday, um, Melly at the match, which is available on Patreon for the patrons, in which I was the sort of Man, the gutted guy in the studio who couldn't get a ticket. And <laughs> were, you the, were you the Andy Gray? Yes, yeah. And, and Melly was uh, broadcasting from the stadium, well, slash his car. Uh, I said on that, I said, well, I, I can kind of get it that Johnny Hayes is maybe there as a sort of safeguard against Kieran Tierney's maybe perceived lack of fitness. He's I not, thought that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, he's not been fully at it really since he came back from his injury. And Johnny Hayes has been okay, but does that really merit a start in, in this game? I, I really wasn't convinced. That, um, the rest of the lineup was was fairly predictable, I thought. But, well, no, I, I didn't I didn't really see that coming because he, he hasn't had any involvement whatsoever for several weeks, maybe yeah. even a couple of months now. But the Johnny Hayes thing, just to go back to that, um, I wasn't totally against it, per se, because I, I, I do admire a curveball in these things, and that, that sure as hell was, <laughs> was a curveball. But I don't think it probably really worked out, really. I was totally against it. Couldn't <laughs> understand it in the slightest. The only thing I could think is we catch Rangers out in the full-back positions all the time, those balls in, so maybe playing an out-and-out winger there, give us the width, stretch them. But Johnny Hayes, decent cover at left-back. Starting in a Celtic Rangers game, never for me. I'd have had Sinclair before him, I'd have had Weir before him, and I'd have, I'd have had Burke in before him. Is this his first taste of a, a Rangers game at all? Well, obviously played against them for Aberdeen, but I don't think he's been involved in any for Celtic. 
it's just certainly his first start anyway. Yeah, his first start it just didn't make sense to me. I don't see what a guy like that does and going into the game, I didn't think he had a good game. Didn't do anything. Well, I, I thought he was pretty terrible to be honest because he had seven corners in the first half and was poor. one or two of them okay but the rest didn't beat the first man the first one in particular just in the first few minutes was a was a shocker yep. he just booted it straight to the, the first man at the near post he got booked and when he has to go off at half time I think he might got, he was over my side so he was looking like he had a slight injury maybe holding his hamstring a bit but when he goes off that hamstrings the rest of the team because then it's all like it's likely that Keenan Tierney will need to go off at some point so there's nobody on the bench to replace him so we end up having to rejig the team the easy easy thing to do is go with Sinclair and leave Johnny Hayes on the bench and it just means you don't have to make a substitute because yeah. Cham had to come off at some point Tierney was going to have to come off at some point so that's two subs down before we've even started and then you never know what can happen and as we see my boy Atta going off I think just Lennon got that totally wrong Stephen, another one that was included, as you mentioned, it was in Cham. Mm. Um, I thought he done well. Yeah, I thought he was all right. I think, I think a lot of people have kind of lost lost patience or lost faith in Cham a wee bit because he, he hasn't played much. I don't, I don't even know if he's been involved at all since he's been since the Ibrox game. Yeah, shocking a performance. At he was Ibrox. dynamite at the beginning of the season. He's a good, good. Player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we only have to go back to the the previous Rangers game where he dominated everything at home and scored the winner. I surprised to see him straight back in there. It just it looked to me like a team that was going to be as Millie's alluded to here. It was going to be like sixty. Sixty percent fit across the board. Yeah. There's a lot of players in there who have struggled for game time recently, and we're relying an awful lot on them in this. This is and Cham stepped in. I thought he done well. He is a good player, and going up against Rangers midfield, which well, it's pish. I'm not really sure about it. Pish. So he, he was fine in there. The rest of the team sort of picked itself. But as you say, there was just so many positions you think couldn't need to make a change there. And mm. I just think the Johnny Hayes one was. A risky one that was never going to pay off. And Cham should have scored though. Yeah, that first right couple of minutes he should, should have buried that. Uh, a good save from McGregor. He didn't have to really do much, but he is good at just getting his body behind these kind of things and being in the right position. But what a start that would have been. As it, they started extremely well, Celtic. It could have been a couple of goals up in the first few minutes, but Cham should have buried that. He had another chance not long after that, but boy, can he shoot. Been saying <laughs> it all season. Um, actually, Stephen, the, the object of of the game, you have to score a goal. You don't you don't right. bury you don't bury the ball. <laughs> Balls, thank you, thank so when you. you when you bury the ball, you have to dig a hole and put the ball in it. <laughs> so that's what that's what burying burying the shot is. Thank you, literal Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> no yes. problem, no problem. I, I'm can I just say I'm a huge fan of this this current. Uh, this trend is going to be on, a recurring thing <laughs> yeah. through this episode of the podcast. So. <laughs> this current trend on Twitter. If you've somehow managed to miss it, Stephen Gerrard began this week, I think, talking about. Well, he, he displayed. A lack of understanding of what metaphors are. Yeah. And he said that I think he was asked basically terms along these along these lines, if that going to Celtic Park was going into a lion's den. <laughs> Having never heard a metaphor before, Stephen Gerrard balked at this and I think his brain was just ticking away thinking, No, there aren't going to be any real lions there, <laughs> surely. Yeah, he said a lion's den is when four lions jump over a cage and you fear for your life. Now <laughs> A number of things wrong with that. <laughs> That's not a lion's den, no. Stephen. That is a lion's cage. Yeah, it's does, a zoo he's describing. Yeah, does, does he think that lions are exclusively zoo attractions? <laughs> First, uh, second of all, f- why four? 
And why are they jumping over the fence? <laughs> that, that almost never happens. When the four lines ever jump over a fence, a lot, a lot that is going an on absolute, there. That is an absolute mess. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it was a classic case of someone thinking they're the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. um, so how does Celtic line up, Melly? It looked like a 4 3 3 to me with Brown sitting and McGregor and Cham ahead of them. But we controlled the midfield, didn't we? Didn't give away too many chances to Rangers in the first half. And we've done it time and time again. As soon as they come out on us, we catch them out because they just leave so much space. Fullbacks are pushed on and there's just gaps. The two centre halves are just left there, as we've seen. James Forrest. The ball breaks, James Forrest with a great first-time pass. I think it's Brown uh, puts them off, breaks to Forrest. A wonderful pass for you, wonderful, <laughs> with his left foot. It was kind of similar to Dembele's pass to Edward at Ibrox mm, in the 3-2 right. game. Just a sweeping ball, and once Edward's got two-on-one, but one-on-one with them, they do not have a clue what to no. do with them, and Scott Brown's keeping up. I was willing him to slide it through for Scott <laughs> Brown, but I was happy enough as well. But just the composure and the calmness to slot it past McGregor. Warrell didn't have a clue what he was doing. He was backing off. He was taking steps here and there. He was. He looked like an absolute amateur. Maybe underrated just how good Edward's use of the ball was in there. And by that, I mean, when you see him dribbling, he's not just twisting and turning for the sake of it. He is watching what he's defender is doing. The amount of times Warrell was forced to take backward steps while... Edward is weaving in and out of him is, is hilarious to, to watch actually but uh, yeah a great goal I shout out to Forrest for that that ball the first time ball I'd, at first glance I thought I don't know how much he knows about that it looks as if he's maybe just playing it into an area for Edward to run onto but it's absolutely perfect when you see it back yeah it turns out uh, Forrest sets up Edward and then Edward returns the favour later on but it's quite good going for a guy like Edward like Finishing that when he's the second best striker on the pitch. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Um, I thought Edward was terrific yesterday. I yep. think he he bullied the Rangers defence. He kept he kept them occupied physically and he kept them occupied with his with his quality as well. Um I think if you if you're listening to this podcast and you yourself or know anyone who still thinks that you don't really rate Edward and you think maybe Griffiths is the better player, um Dig a big hole in your back garden and put yourself into it. <laughs> Lop your head off. I lo- uh, because Ed- Edward is a, a quality player and it's these big games he, he turns up for us. Oh, 100%. He was brilliant yesterday. Just everything about, even leaving aside the solo nature of the goal, just everything he, he did. He gave the defence an absolute run around. His hold-up play, absolutely excellent. It's just, he's developing into a real all-round striker for Celtic and that's, what, 19 goals he's got? No, yeah. this season that's that's brilliant for him to go over the twenty goal mark, which he inevitably will, and still be as young as he is. Brilliant. Oh, don't say inevit- inevitably because because you can't see it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, Scott Sinclair's still stuck on seventeen, oh, yeah. So it may not happen. But for the guy to get that many goals and missing large chunks of the season through yeah. injury as well, we've had patchwork teams all through the season, so he's doing well. Him and Forrest Sinclair have all nearly got twenty goals each, so. The three up front are doing the job. You mentioned them. Scott Brown played a massive part in the win yesterday, controlling the midfield. Man of the match in the stadium? Yes. Your man of the match? No. Who? Christopher Ayer. We'll get to him. <laughs> Stephen? Yeah, no, I did. Absolutely, Christopher Ayer. Well, we have um, 
Ralph previously mentioned that Stephen Gerrard began the week being confused about lines mm. and ended the week witnessing Ayer the Tiger. Oh. <laughs> just to let you know, that will be my best contribution to the podcast. <laughs> just switch my mic off just now. <laughs> um, okay, we'll, we'll mention Chris Ayer. I thought Christopher Ayer, he was terrific. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> uh, just... <laughs> went in closer to the speaker I, there. It was I was I was proud of him. I, it was a colossus of a performance. Sure was. Throwing himself in front of absolutely everything. No wild, crazy runs up midfield. Just doing the job of a quality central defender. Um, he did that a couple. He did bring a ball forward on on a couple of occasions. But it was always purposeful and meaningful. Yeah. Um, and Even sprung a couple of attacks with huge tackles. Yeah. in the midfield as well. He, he was everywhere. He, he he absolutely was not losing that game. No, no. Um, and it's incredible to think that he is only 20 years old. Yeah. Aye. Aside from everything else, the size and the build of him. The boy's a unit. He's a unit. He's massive. And um, I thought he was terrific yesterday. Yeah, he was. He's... Has has he won me over, though? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's best game for Celtic. Definitely. Um, he, was, he was tremendous. Even the, the tackles at the end, the block on the line from Worrell, is going to take most of the is, that's yeah. going to take most of the glory, but his performance overall was just brilliant. He was the best player in the first half before it became back to the wall as well. I went, <laughs> I maybe jumped the gun slightly this season by saying he would captain a game that doesn't look like it's going to turn out to be the case. But you know, to all intents and purposes, he he was a captain out there. He didn't, he might not have had the armband on, but he was an absolute born leader out there in that game. You taking it then? Yeah, <laughs> that counts. That counts. That's the real quiz. <laughs> The good thing is, um, only 20 years old, but he's fully tied down, signed a new contract, so he's signed on till 2022, plenty of time, and if he continues the development, the way he's been showing it, especially in the last last couple of months, I think he's uh, he's going to end up a terrific player for us. I'd honestly just clear the decks. I think I'd get rid of every single centre-half we have, apart from Chris Averaya, and just start again. I know that's extremely unlikely. And I'm not chasing... Probably, it's probably not, actually, because who, who are you including that? Well, I, I'm not chasing Boyata and Benkovic at the door. I'm just being real, realistic about yeah. their situations. They're not going to be back next season. So, really, you're left with Ayer, Simunovic and Henry. <coughs> I would just... Marvin. Oh, Marvin, of course, of course. Oh, of course, Comp, or you build the team around <laughs> him and then and then you know, let him teach Ayer the ropes. <laughs> um, no, but, but genuinely, I would, I would just get get rid of everyone, just build it around Christopher Iron next season. He's proven that he can be Celtic's main defender going forward, in my opinion. And, well, he's going to need to be now because we don't have yeah. anything. He is going to be the senior defender come did, the summer. Do you think it was strange that there was uh, no, no no sign of Benkovic even on the bench? I did at the time, yeah. I remember you remarked in the TMT official group chat um, that none of the lone players were involved at all in the starting lineup. There were three of them on the bench and Benkovic nowhere to be seen I, I, I don't really know what's happened with that again we obviously win this match but it just shows where we've got to as a club good result and all that but that team not one new signing from this season at all mm, yeah. started that game mm. so we do need fresh blood in the summer they still get the job done they're still miles ahead of Rangers who are pretty rotten and going forward what do Rangers do now do they keep Morelos well, we might have to because nobody's going to seriously want him, surely. Well, let's talk about it. Morelos sent off. As How can it, he plead innocence to that? Well, he can. He absolutely can. I mean, there's, there's things are certain in life and one of them seems to be Morelos is going to get a red card. 15 to 1. Was that much it was? That there was a lot of people raking in money from that, by the way. Scott Brown 
Uh, quite aside from his terrific performance yesterday, had his usual antics where he's, he gets into these players' head and he winds up players. And I, 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 for the life of me, if someone says, "I'm going to wind you up all day," when you, when you know it's going to happen, that sh- that should make you immune to being wound up. But they know what Scott Brown's going to do, and they take the bait every time. I don't know because see if someone, see if I woke up in the morning and I had a tweet to mm-hmm. me saying, I'm going to wind you up all day. Do you think I would ignore it or do you think I would sit there all day just refreshing and refreshing <laughs> until, that, until that wind up came? <laughs> the, wind, the wind up, the wind up did come. Yeah. Uh, a wee clip on the heels was all it took from Scott Brown and Morelos. Flung an elbow at him. <laughs> right what? in front of the light. Right in front of the light. The guy is brain dead. <laughs> but genuinely, at this point now, I'm starting to question the guy's mental capacity yeah. now because he's just Tom English for all his woeful opinions that are out there. Mm. He actually put it quite well. He said he's a good footballer but a terrible professional. You, you yeah, just yeah. you can't rely on the guy at all. You just at what point is it just diminishing returns with the guy? You're sticking him out there into a big game knowing there's a almost certainty that he's going to be sent off. I think I read somewhere that he's missed through suspension and. Missed ten games for Rangers this season, <laughs> staggering through uh, <laughs> through suspension and totting up points and, and bookings and all now. that sort of stuff. And I think he's now banned, as we record this, for four games. Well, you know how Rangers like to talk about their record-breaking history yeah. now. They're, they're, they are the world's you know most successful club, and they break all these records. Well, yeah. Alfredo Morelos uh, now holds the European record for oh. most red cards in a season. So. Congrats all round for that. Notch. Just Aye. just write that. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. St- well st- done for st- that. Stick that on the scoreboard. It takes that from Sergio Ramos, who once got sent off four times in his debut season for Real Madrid. And also his, uh, his teammate Ryan Jack did oh. the same for Rangers yeah, last previously season. Bought, think, yeah. Morelos this year broke Ryan Jack's record of last year. So brilliant. Pretty this consistent for the Jazz. Exactly what they want in it. They get beat yesterday, but... They seen fight, they seen dig, they seen steal in midfield, they battled. And that's all we ask of my Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that is, that is what, the, all that does is just give them excuses. After the game, that's all they talk about. They set the stall out pretty early. I, I looked at the lineup and thought, I get once again. Staunch. Yeah, yeah, staunch. They've just, they've sacrificed any attempt at playing football here to just fill the team with Huns and it's, it's the same <laughs> <Love> it. <laughs> Halliday gets wheeled out yet again Ross McCrory who to me looks looks a decent player but he doesn't play for them he just gets again wheeled out in these fixtures it's just it's so predictable Andy Halliday having noticed that Halliday was starting the game I thought what's happened to that Barisic guy and so I searched for Barisic on Twitter and do you know what I came across? I don't know how I've managed to miss this for the last oh, like, know, seven know, months or yeah. so. The worst pattern in Scottish football history. Do you know what they call him? No. Is it Barisic? No. Oh. Well, you're close, oh. but it's worse than that. That would have been better. It's hashtag Borna Bear. Huh? What's his first name? Borna. Oh my. <laughs> Honestly, just edit that Appal- for this podcast. Uh, Appalling. Uh, isn't it? Oh, terrible. <laughs> um, apparently, although I was, I was reading a thing, an interview with Stephen Gerrard, and he was talking about the Rangers fans. Right. And he said, you know, when I first came to Glasgow, I was confused because everyone called Rangers fans the Bears. <laughs> and when I went into the stadium, I imagined it was going to be full of actual Bears. <laughs> um, but but it's not Bears, they're men and women and human children. Yeah. <laughs> he was surprised, that, that was quite surprising. <laughs> um, but they did score. They scored through uh, their best player, as far as we're concerned on this yeah. podcast, Ryan Kent. Not enough said about the guy's haircut. Um, <laughs> nah, his jail cut. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, 
jarhead, but he's a, he's a he's a decent wee player, Stephen. He is, and I think that um, just in the kind of general furore of the fever, the hysteria surrounding Alfredo Morelos, everyone's obsessed with him in this country. Now, guys like that kind of go unnoticed. Ryan Kent is a guy who is inconsistent at best, but he's a he's a pretty good player, he's a pretty handy player. Granted, I only really see him against Celtic, and he was good in the the previous game at Ibrox, notably given Lustig a, a terrible time. But he looks, he looks a pretty dangerous player, really. I'm not impressed with any of the rest of them, to be honest. No. I think Scott Arfield continues to mystify me. I don't know what it is about him. I believe in the game at Celtic Park this year, I described him as a wardrobe with eyes. And I don't think he's developed any further from there. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say Rangers' goal was coming, but from when we get out from half time, the first half so dominant, got the goal ahead, man ahead as well. We just... Didn't seem to get a grip of the game from no. half time. Scott Sinclair came on for Johnny Hayes. Didn't make too much of a difference. He had a good chance early on, but ah, I should have scored that as well. Yeah, but uh, it was a good save. Yeah, the we just didn't seem to get a grip of the the game at half time. Which I think maybe we, I don't know. Can't obviously tell what they're thinking, but we just seemed to get a bit complacent and a bit slack, and I just didn't like it. And when Rangers scored, it was just. Oh no, boys! What happened? I was like, I'm not going out. I'm not going out after this. I'm going <laughs> out the road. The second half performance did worry me a bit because because it was so flat compared to the first half. There's no doubt. Another, it's, it's it's hard to get away from the fact that the second half performance was so poor because up until the last five minutes, everyone was kind of panicking a bit. Yeah. It, you, it only took a glance at Twitter and it was full of, well, that's Lennon's finished. There's no way he gets a job after this. Look at the state of this performance, etc., etc. So that goal changed everything. It'd be remiss of us to completely ignore the fact that the game itself was a bit of a mess. You know, yeah. the, ultimately, all that matters really is Celtic having won. But the thing is, the spotlight is hugely on Neil Lennon just now because of the circumstances that he got the job under mm. and this this kind of willy-wonty idea of him getting the job. So performances are going to be scrutinised. With Rangers going down to 10 men, if the Rat was still in charge, I think it would be a totally different second half. We would have known exactly what to do in yeah. that situation and how to play it out. The Rangers, I still, it's the third time I've seen them this season watching a full game and I just don't know their style of play hmm. but at the same yeah. time I didn't really see our style of play in the second half on uh, Sunday we should have kept the ball better we should have controlled the game but we didn't and it gave them some light and yeah. they, they took the chance it was a decent enough move from them they their were, best move of the game yeah, yeah. it was pretty decent to be fair yeah. it was a uh, they took their chance, their one and only chance. Yes. No, no, no. See, Melly, what, what the problem you've got there is, and if you listen to Tom McManus, he'll tell you, it's another spicy hot take. <laughs> oh, wait, we've got a drop for this. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, I old uh, young Tam's been at it again. Uh, one of the one of Scottish football's new exciting voices, um, just hitting it with meaningless platitudes, really. Yeah. Uh, after the game, he said, that's why Celtic are champions. Again, they were poor, but dug out a win. F- first of all, if you have one good half and one bad half, and the other team has one good half and one bad half, I'm not <laughs> sure how Celtic can be poor, but it doesn't matter. Plus, you, you need to score it when you can't dig out goals. Ah, uh, yeah, he says they dug out a win. That, that suggests wins are underground, and, and, <laughs> and they're not underground. Um, Honestly, if you just didn't, if you weren't aware of this Stephen Gerrard part of this week... You'll be you'd well have, aware of it by the time I, this podcast is. no idea what we're um, talking about. But, but Tam McManus, Rangers deserve more. They didn't take their chances. 
Rangers, shots on target, one. Rangers, goals, one. They took, their, they took their chances, Tom. It's just, it's another typical example of the Scottish football just saying stuff. Yeah. And it, we talk about it all the time. Just saying stuff, just saying sentences that sound vaguely football-y. Yeah. Just didn't take their chances. Well, they took the one chance. They, they had a 100% conversion <laughs> rate with their chances. Speaking of just saying stuff, hashtag just saying stuff. Did you hear Billy Dodds on Sportsound trying to explain what he meant by a, a defender being comfortable on the ball? No. That that is a a sight to behold. Well, it's not a sight to behold; it's a sound to behold. <laughs> um, he said, "Warrell is a defender who's comfortable on the ball." Right. And when the his fellow panelists pointed out to him that he gives the ball away all the time, ah, yeah, but he's comfortable on the ball. What do you mean by that? Well, he's comfortable uh, taking the ball and then giving it away. That's not, that's not being comfortable in the ball. It's, <laughs> been co- it's, been, it's been it's been deluded about your abilities. <laughs> been com- anyway, but again, I just saying stuff. Speaking of speaking of comfortable on the ball, Celtic, we did have a poor second half, but it was someone's comfort on the ball that uh, gave us the breakaway. Tav, who actually thought I thought a d- decent game. Yeah, uh, sort a of Tav game. Yeah, typically Tav game. Yeah. Um, who was he passing the ball to? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> now, yeah, he, he took the ball in and just passed it first time, really casually to absolutely no one. Yeah. Now, did you see the moment when Kieran Tierney went off injured and Chris Averia passed the ball to yes. him when he'd already been taken yeah. off injured? I'm wondering if that side of the pitch is haunted that day. <laughs> <laughs> People are just passing the ball to, to nobody. But he, he gave the ball away. Inexplicably, I, don't, I still don't know. Having watched the replays back, I don't know who he was passing to. But one thing's for sure, Callum McGregor was onto it like a like a wee whippet. He sure was. Um, he done really well. Played through Edward again. The great first time ball, yeah. Yep. Early ball into that space because their centre backs are just exposed time and time again, aren't they? And uh, he played it, and Edward returned the favour, as you said, for James Forrest. Not quite a last minute goal that we've saw a lot of in recent weeks. What was that? Eighty six minutes. Yeah, late enough. Late, late enough. enough. Um, but all in all, a sort of a, a great win for a great win for Celtic pushes us thirteen points clear. But the the performance, it, man, it was really it, overall it was lacking. It, it was lacking. Look, getting that win was brilliant. Uh, it's a typical Neil Lennon win, but unfortunately, that's all we've got recently is these late winners where we haven't performed and it's it's not just one or two games maybe only the Hibs game we have really performed pretty well and controlled the game see the rest with that sorry to interrupt I, I do think I, I maintain that what I said a couple of weeks ago see if you're getting last minute winners yes it's not ideal you shouldn't be doing it all the time you shouldn't be relying on that but at the same time it should be commended yeah you see it yeah. should be celebrated and I don't mean literally a goal celebration I mean that it should be congratulated to be able to constantly dig out without using a shovel, Stephen Gerrard, um, <laughs> dig out these results when they look beyond you. Yeah. Like that, that game looked... You say the Rangers' goal didn't look like it was coming, but after they scored, it looked like another one was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a couple of chances. I'm, a, I'm not making any decisions anymore on Neil Lennon's future. No. I'm not I'm not, I'm not. not going to discuss it, but I, I just think watching that performance yesterday, it, it, it did have me worried a wee bit because... It was such a dramatic drop off from the first half to the second, and I think you you said exactly what I was thinking, Millie. Brendan Rodgers, the now departed, probably would have found a way to make the absolute most out of the man advantage. Whereas I think Neil Lennon kind of messed up his team selection with Johnny Hayes, and then subsequent to that, messed up his substitutions, yeah, and and left himself without many options. And Rangers just absolutely went for it. Now. If Rangers absolutely went for it against a Brendan Rodgers team, 
he would have, his team would have probably stuck another three or four by them. Hmm. Yeah, we'd have picked him off, we'd have stretched him, but we didn't do that. We Rangers they didn't have many great chances. Ryan Jack did have a good chance when it was cut yeah. back. That was an absolute shocker of a miss. Warrell right at the end where Ayer gets that tackle in. That was as good as a goal for us. Not literally, Stephen. <laughs> but it was just there was worries in there. Now these games, Celtic v Rangers, they they're different games from the rest, but it's just another game to add to the portfolio where we haven't really performed for 90 minutes when there was a good chance to. What do you think contributed to our bad performance and, and letting Rangers back into the game in the second half? I think it was a bit of slackness. We're, we're a bit too passive. It, it was instead of going from full-back into midfield into the wide players, we were doing that where we go back to the two centre-halves instead of one centre-half getting out because we had space out wide because Rangers went 4-3-2. So their two strikers, Kent and Kandias, well, I don't, they weren't really playing strikers, but they're in behind. Nobody, as it was. And they were trying to split. But that should leave the space for... Lustig and Tierney and if we can get the ball quickly from centre half into them into midfield we should be able to exploit the space and Sinclair and Forrest should stretch them but it just didn't happen we just didn't look like we had a, a plan mm. Yeah that's interesting about what you should say about the plan I, I didn't think there was one I think Celtic eventually won the game because they had superior players who yeah. have been there and done that I don't think it was because of tactical switches or anything like that because I thought the the substitutions were a mess. I know a lot of that was down to unexpected injuries, but at the same time, we are they are to be expected if you're going to play a, a half-fit Kieran Tierney, a half-fit Derek Boyata, a half-fit Olivia Chan. That's going to happen. I thought I'd like to have seen Oliver Burke at some point yeah. yesterday because I thought their defence is not only exposed, it's extremely slow and yeah. they're, they're confused. They're, they're, they don't look like they've played together, these guys, even though they've been playing together all season. I'd like to have seen him team away, barely worth even mentioning now because yeah. he's barely featured in a couple of months now um, but I'd like to have seen Burke it, it wasn't to be Tom Rogic came, came on I didn't I oh, really uh, didn't see didn't, it in that at all he didn't look up to speed at all but I thought it was. I thought that was the right swap at the time because yeah, I thought uh, I thought we could use yeah. some creativity in there um, so that was it 2-1 the game ended um, after a pretty dismal performance but I'd like to end on a high note Bamming up the Huns. How, <laughs> how good was that? The final whistle grow, goes, a wee bit of carnage. Bruni, I don't think he went over to the Rangers fans to celebrate. He just happened to be in that area of the pitch when the full, the full time whistle went. Hmm. Stephen doesn't believe me. He's got a sceptical face a on. Sceptical. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter whether it was deliberate or not. It was enough to send wee Andy Halliday. And he oh, was, yeah. Ray, I'm so angry. And can, he, can we just drop this class thing? Oh, he's got no class. Well, wait, wait. The only reason the word class comes out of anyone's mouth after a game is sour grapes. Right? Yeah. That's, it's just bad losing. You're not allowed to yeah. beat the Glasgow Rangers and have fun doing it. No. You have to show them the dignity and respect. No, absolutely. So th- please spare me this idea that everyone's supposed to be a gentleman out there. Wait, don't be ridiculous. Why is all the talk about Scott Brown? Why is all the I talk know. about... Morelos elbowed him. Ryan Kent punched him, yep. Andy Halliday tried to attack him, and everyone's going, oh, Scott Brown making everyone angry, eh? <laughs> like, it's not his fault. He just lives rent-free in their heads. So, oh, he's, he's, he's putting putting violence into people's brains, <laughs> that's, what, that's what Scott Brown's up to. Even Stephen Gerrard, after the game, said that his players need more protection from Scott Brown. Oh, for God's Three sake. of your players, two of them get sent off for assaulting Scott Brown, and one of them will end up getting sent off for trying to punch him. It's not Scott Brown's fault. 
Although I, I do enjoy seeing it. It's but the oldest it. thing in the book. Is that this stuff has existed since football has. The guy's just going out and putting wee, wee digs in. The thing is, you're calling for Scott Brown to be punished. For what? Tell me what he for should be punished Rangers. for. Yeah, for beating Rangers, <laughs> for bamming people up. That's not a... That's not a crime. It was all fun and games when Scott Arfield was doing it. Yeah. Ibrox, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was exactly. all fun and games. They showed weakness. He pounced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, there, was, there was a bit of a melee after the match. One thing. Oh, a melee at the match as well. Yeah. Um, my favourite was the wee guy, whoever you are, I hope you listen. He, I think he was about seven. <laughs> he ran on the pitch at one point with no shirt on. Started getting at Wahoo and the steward <laughs> trying to huckle him and he's huckling him up and big Christopher Iyer takes his shirt off and gives it to the wee guy. guy. That, that was my highlight of the post-match. Shout out, um, a, a sort of begrudge shout out to Wes Fodderingham for slide tackling Mikael Lustig. Just, just for the banter. I, to be honest, I quite admired that. It <laughs> Why did he slide tackle him? I have no idea. I know it's on the, on the wrong side and all that, but it was like one of those... those um, really obnoxious viral videos that goes around where people are doing it to people in the street yeah. or, or at school or something. They just got the slide <laughs> tackle your pal. <laughs> That's uh, what it looked like. Uh, but just a final note on classlessness after the game. Neil Lennon shook Stephen Gerrard's hand. Tried to say something to Tried him. Tried to have yeah. a wee chat to him. Stephen Gerrard completely pied him and just charged right up the, charged right up the touchline. In uh, the melee at the end, I've got a wee soft spot for John Flanagan's role in it as well because... Because it reminded you that John Flanagan yeah, exists. Yeah, yeah, John Flanagan, <laughs> you can still find him. You can still find him. Um, he, uh, he looked just slightly bewildered, but also very, very nervous. He was kind of kind of walking around in the middle, pushing people, but he had this really nervous smile on his face. See all that? Like I said it already, but they'll love that. They'll love that. Yeah. Wouldn't they like Halliday running over to Scott Brown just to... Shout at him like, come on! That's as good that, as points on the table that, for them. That is, that is it. That's my Rangers. He's battling for the jersey and all that pish. You're crap at football. You're <laughs> terrible at football, and all they want is just to see, be seen to be battling. He really is. By the way, did you see that attempted clearance quite oh, early right on as well? Just hooked it straight up in there. He's abysmal at football. When you get how many times has he played against Celtic now? About oh, ten. Aye. So well, he said when we beat when he beat us at Ibrox, that was the best day of his life, <laughs> of his whole life. That was okay, the best okay. day of it. So I hope I hope that one was the worst. Nothing came close to it in Azerbaijan. Then when, when it was over there, <laughs> old Azerbaijan day on, holiday on Stevie G and his um, failure to grasp what metaphors are, but. He's another one who's out there just saying stuff because he's, in one hand, he said that Alfredo Morelos, he's stuck up for him at various points this season, but he can no longer defend them. That's him basically yep. done with it. But then... Under I, the bus you go. Yep. But a few sentences later, he blames Scott Brown for the whole thing. Well, he, what he did was he says, listen, this is all going to be handled internally. It's going to be handled internally. We're not going to discuss it here. Uh, I'm going to recommend to the board he's find a week's wages. That's the opposite of internally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did like when he says, and I'm going to make sure that money's given to the fans. Stephen... Get the Rangers fans' bobbies out your mouth. <laughs> I know. All right, stop, stop trying to suckle up to them so to distract them from how bloody bad at your job you are. I like how much Stephen Gerrard has been utterly exposed as a clown oh. since he's been taken on a management role. He's an imbecile. All the chat was about how he's this huge personality, he's this big, larger-than-life person. He's not. He's just really famous because he was good <laughs> at football. He's, he's got nothing about his personality at all. He can't think in his feet, as we've seen with this Lions Den debacle. <laughs> that he's just... He's not a very bright man. Well, I'm it's, sure it's not if stupid. he doesn't get... See if he doesn't get metaphors. Does that mean every pre-match team talk, he gets the team in and goes, OK, boys, Celtic the day. 
go out and score more goals than they have. Let's go! <laughs> you know, um, just a final word on Stephen Gerrard, and it's it's badly put because I've been I've honestly been searching for this quote for months now to do it justice, and I can't find it. Um, and I'll, maybe I'll try and find it for the next time they play Rangers, but I can't find it anywhere if someone finds it. I think there was an interview. I think it might be with Rafa, and they were asking him what the difference between Zabi Alonso and Gerard was. Brain cells. Aye, and and the point was the takeaway was Stephen Gerrard doesn't have a footballing brain, <laughs> and and that is he's he's a footballer. He was a good player, right? But he wasn't brilliantly astute or particularly cultured. All his game was based around effort and hard work, which which is which is admirable, but. That he's trying to be a, a football manager here, and I mean, he's I, I, what's his win rate at the moment? Forty nine percent. So he's he's sitting worse than all the recent Rangers managers, probably worse than Marty and Kashinia. Yeah, yes, yeah. And he's thirteen points behind us. We're another Glasgow derby to play. Six points ahead of Kilmarnock. Six points. I mean, they could end up fifteen points behind us again this season after everything. After everything that's happened to us, I know it could be more than that. Could they comfortably yeah. end up 18, 19 or whatever the case Once the spot comes in, they've got a terrible record against the top half of yeah. the table, so it's just going to be a hard what, game I mean, without Morelos as well. What more, what more could have happened to Celtic to give them a chance? Oh, I know. Aye. And surely they must be looking at that. Celtic made an arse of the transfer windows, lost their manager, had several big players injured for a lot of the season. They've and, had every psychological advantage going. Aye. Yeah. And they beat us at Ibrox. Yes. And we've lost lots of games on our own. <laughs> that was... At the end of December, then there was a break. So since February, end of January, February, they have shipped thirteen points to us. They were on, they were on the same points yep. as us coming yep. out of that game at Ibrox, and we had a game in hand. A final thing on Morelos. Now I've been, I've been keeping an eye on Hun Twitter because yes. I, I really wanted to see the the cliche I was looking for. And I wanted to see someone say, aye, but if you take that out of his game, he's not going to be the same player. You know what I mean? He's Did like, they say it? I know, there's plenty of people saying that, but that's, again, just, just total cliched nonsense, right? Do you know how you get to say that about Eric Cantona, <laughs> Zinedine Zidane? Yeah. No, if you take that edge away, you it's, you don't get to say that about just every wee roaster who can't keep his temper <laughs> on the pitch. That it's not, it's not like he's playing on the very edge of genius and, and mayhem like those guys were. He's just, a, he's just he's like a the jam. He could like the Joker or <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those guys get sent off for massive issues, like well-known things, big, big thing, the kung fu kick headbutt in the, the final from Zidane not getting sent off every week in a league <laughs> for a petulant yeah, kick Kurt Broadfoot <laughs> half the time doing things in games and not getting cited for it he's doing it every game near enough he's getting caught he's on the radar of the referees and yep. he's he just no smart enough to wriggle his way out of it um, poster boy for Colombian football <laughs> According to according to the BBC, oh, that was Neil McCann said that he's been talking about him as if he's the, this like shining light for Colombian football. I think he, has he not got like two caps total in about eighteen minutes? Poster boy, the poster boy for Colombian it, football. Eight games against Celtic and he's not scored on Colombian football. Actually, Morelos we now know has broken the European red card record for a single season, but unfortunately he's got some way to go before he can claim the the overall record because mm. that. It belongs to Gerardo Bedoya, okay. who is a f- fellow Colombian footballer who was once sent off seven times in a season and 46 times overall in his career. <laughs> I mean, there's still time. There's still time. You could do it. You yeah, could definitely do it. You've got a dream. There's, no, because he's banned for four games. Is there not eight, six games left? 
Glad you took the air out of that balloon, yes. Melly. Thank yeah. you. It's just it's going to be a hard one for him. He might, he might have to go on and get a double red card in the first game he comes <laughs> well, back. Telling you it's possible. You've got to dream. You've got to dream. You've got to have ambitions. And on that note, uh, we shall end our Glasgow Derby discussion. Um, any other business? I suppose we could talk about uh, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> and that laugh is probably all we'll need to say about it. Yeah. Um, it's an unfold. I hate to say we told you so, but the McLeish debacle is unfolding just oh, as the way everyone thought it would. So what have we had since then? We had the 3-0 defeat of Kazakhstan. Yes. Now, I should say right here now that saying just saying stuff isn't an exclusively Hunnish pastime. No. After that game, James Forrest came out and said that against Kazakhstan, we started really well. Yes. They were 2-0 down after 10 minutes. <laughs> yes, James, stop that. Um, difficult place to go, though, Kazakhstan, to play your football. Celtic lost 4-3. But anyway, look, there was reports in the paper last week that McLeish was getting the sack mm. on Monday, and then it just never transpired. So he's, Russia found it difficult going there, didn't they? Didn't 4-0. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the, if the exhilarating 2-0 route over the world's <laughs> worst team San Marino who I looked into I've said in the podcast before because I'm sure Scotland must have played San Marino but I've been to San Marino it is a hill it's <laughs> roughly about the size of Rutherglen in Scotland <laughs> beat them 2-0 what's up next for the hoops Stephen? St Mirren away on Wednesday back to the old uh, midweek, midweek win, fixtures yeah. yeah I think it's on BT Sports on Wednesday night Yeah. how many games may we got before the split? Uh, two, I think it's St Mirren Livingston, then it's Aberdeen, and then we're into the split. Aberdeen the Cup, obviously. Fighting for their lives, though. Um, up and down season, obviously, mm-hmm. mostly down for St Mirren, but they are they are clamouring for their lives. Livingston are safe. Livingston, there's no chance of them going down, so I don't see them being too much of a too much trouble. But St Mirren could be a, a tricky one away on a Wednesday night with the injuries mounting for yeah, Celtic. Lennon's still obviously undefeated as Celtic manager. Yep. Um, Patreon. Stephen, on what we'd be doing last week for the patrons. Well, last week we didn't put out a podcast because Scotland were playing. So for you guys, the listeners, we put out uh, the O'Neill Years, which yes. is something we're working on for the the patron. It's like a documentary. I don't want to be too grand about it, but but it's a documentary. <laughs> um, a podumentary. A podumentary looking back over Mark O'Neill's time as Celtic manager. An in-depth look. Yeah. Every episode we're going to take big moments and seasons and everything else. And that we two that, episodes into that now, yeah, yeah, and that we taster was well the the end of the Barnes era, which yes. ushered in the O'Neill years. Um, episode two of the O'Neill years is available on the Patreon, as will all future episodes of the O'Neill years be available on the Patreon. Um, we done Melly at the match, yes, yeah. immediate reaction to the Celtic Rangers game. And for the treble tier, we've got the fortnightly phone in. Yes, that'll be out on Friday. Coming on Friday, so always go down well. If you're a treble tier patron, please. Send us your voice notes. Send us your questions. Amelia, you were on a, you were on someone else's pod. We loaned you out. Uh, yes, you went on loan to someone else's podcast recently. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? A shock yes. loan swoop Aye. to another podcast. A friend of the show, Sean McDonald, his uh, podcast weathered and went on last Thursday. Spoke about a wee battle. Well, a big battle I had with depression last year. So you can check that out on iTunes and all. Massively well received. Yeah, it's excellent stuff. I would highly recommend you go and check it out. Real talk, as they say, as the kids say. And on that. Thanks for listening. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. 
That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.